Good evening from the pumpkin patch and welcome to the Jack-O-Lantern Press podcast where we discuss monsters and Valentine's Day. My name is Michael Piccarella. And my name's Tom Piccarella. Tonight's episode, Boggarts, Vampires, Wolves, and Groundhogs. Happy Valentine's. That music you're listening to is Vince Guaraldi's Heartburn Waltz from 1975's cartoon special, Be My Valentine, Charlie Brown. And there's a bunch of wolves in there, too. Whoa, down, boy! As everyone knows, Valentine's Day began as the Roman holiday Lupercalia. That's it, Lupercalia, yeah. Which took place between February 13th and 15th, as a means to avert evil spirits and purify the city. The name Lupercalia most likely derives from the word lupus or wolf, though the wolf's significance is well obscure. However, most people celebrate Valentine's for its monsters. All kinds of monsters in February. You got the Valentine's monster and other boggarts, the soothsaying groundhog of Groundhog Day on February 2nd, the magical soup rats of Soup Day on Feb 4, and of course, the world's most devilish romantics, vampires. But there's another story behind Valentine's Day. It's a pretty dark one. Do you know it, Tom? No, actually, when I was reading through these notes, um... It was interesting because it is pretty dark. <laughs> so It is pretty dark. So there's a written account of the Roman St. Valentine who is in prison for performing weddings for soldiers who were not allowed to marry and for ministering to Christians persecuted under the Roman Empire. So according to legend, St. Valentine restored sight to the blind daughter of his judge and he wrote her a letter signed, Your Valentine, as a farewell before his execution on February 14th in the year 269 A.D. Pope Gelasius Gelasius, the first established the Feast of St. Valentine in the year 496 A.D. to honor the Christian martyr. And now today we buy chocolates and overpriced flowers for our loved ones. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> Tom, were you ever from, someone that from that? Hated... Oh, oh, who the who the heck? Oh. Well, I mean, obviously, so because how did it go from that to to us buying chocolates and roses for our loved ones or whatever everybody else does on on this day? It's crazy. I think that. So I think that Saint Valentine kind of loved the daughter or something and so then when he signed the letter your valentine you know what i mean obviously too like originally that was not the purpose but it somehow morphed into it as these holidays tend to do but yeah i was trying were you ever someone who hated valentine's day like when you were single or something and everyone was going out did you ever hate it no i I never really hated it. You know, I mean, even when, when I was single, I think I just didn't really care about the date. And then obviously, if you're with somebody, you know, you care about it because you want it to be special for that person or, you know, whatever it is that, that you want to do. I mean, most of the time, I, I always like to do some fun stuff, you know, either, you know, one year, I think I, I put a letter or something in, in the car uh, and 
and and then did kind of what you and I did. I think that one year to mom, where we queued up the music, and then all of a sudden it was like when they turned the car on, the music popped on. Do you remember when we did that? It was that what? No, no, that that wasn't you then. I I must have just done that. Um, it wasn't to mom. What was it, the it had music? To have been, I don't remember. I think it was just a recording of just me saying something, and then I like. Oh, you just, know what? Dude, I think I do remember that. We had a tape, yeah, and it was in her her green LeBaron. Yeah, okay. And so I that, think we did do it, something. And and maybe it was like Barry Manilow or Billy Ocean or something. No, we recorded something. Did we record something? No, we, we recorded a saying or something that we were doing. You know, we were just saying like, it was either... I think it was happy. It was a happy Valentine's Day because we couldn't think of anything else really to do. So we we like decorated the whole car, and then when <laughs> when mom turned on the the uh, the, the ignition played. there, the tape played. Yeah, yeah. I seem to. I I it's. I faintly remember doing something like that. Huh. So I'm sure if anybody has listened to past you know podcasts that we have we're kind of nuts when it comes to any real kind of holiday and most of the times we convert every holiday into some sort of monster like there has to be a monster associated with every holiday i don't know why we do it we just do so <laughs> it's kind of fun because it's fun do you yeah. remember how we came up with the valentine's monster I'm curious so, if our stories are the same. Yeah, so do you do you want me to say it first? Because, I mean, I, I could tell you what I think. Because it's still a pretty distinct memory for me. Yeah, um, see, so me I'll, too. I'll, I'll just tell you I'll just tell you it then. And then, and well, then you first can jump off, in whenever so you want. In case, in case if people don't know what the Valentine's Monster is. So it is something that we came up with as kids. And it is in our book, Transylvania Traveler which of course you can get at jackolanternpress.com. So that monster's in there. And in fact, Jack O'Lantern does an interview with the the Valentine's monster. So it's in the book. In fact, let's see. Where is that thing? It's it's on... uh, I got the book right here. And... uh, it's a yeah. It's a whole conversation though about about uh, or I guess we're interviewing the Valentine's Day monster, and we were kind of going off about like you know why do you like these certain colors? Why why are you you know he he always just wants to be sad about stuff, but yet he's not really being sad about the stuff. <laughs> this is kind of funny. Yeah, it's on just the whole interview have, that we had. If you have the book, it's in the Shadow City section, and it's on. It starts on page one seventy-seven. But uh, it's a fun little uh, interview with the Valentine's monster. But anyway, you can learn more about him and figure out who the heck he is. But now, okay, so let's hear your story on how, on what you remember, how that the Valentine's monster came to be. Yeah, so just bear in mind for everybody listening here too that the Valentine's Day monster was a creation that we made when we were kids, really young, and and here here it is. So we used to remember when we used to make those those little kind of dioramas from shoe boxes 
where you know yeah, they, people they would to like collect to collect yeah, our valentines the, the valentines in but it wasn't it wasn't those that struck us it was we were making a book report or something and we had to make like a scene inside of the shoe box where we were like we had to build like some little thing and then i don't remember exactly how it came about but somehow we came up with the valentine's monster at the same time that we were making these little dioramas not the box to put the put the the invitations in but it was like this neat little little house or like setting um inside this little box and because it was around valentine's day we decided that that it was going to be the Valentine's monster living in the box. And and then that's <laughs> that's basically how I remember us coming up Dude, with that. That's... And then ever since ever since then, we have always had it to where the Valentine's monster will put stuff. I think we had it to where it was put stuff under your pillow, kind of like the tooth fairy. But then it like went to we just put something in the room like somewhere and said the Valentine's monster came or something along those lines. So I don't know how much that matches up with with what you have, but <laughs> dude, it's that's funny what I remember. Because, <laughs> so here's here's what I remember. So when we were kids, and I, I think I was probably in like first or second or third grade, and so we you would exchange Valentines at school. And so you had to bring a box where you could you could uh, carry your valentines. So mom, usually everyone made the same type of thing, but we took shoe boxes and you cut a slit in the lid where people could just, you know, slide the valentines in. But then mom wrapped it in like valentines wrapping paper. So I think mine was like red wrapping paper with these white little hearts on it or something. Yeah, I remember that. Yep. So so then mom remembered that I always loved monsters. So one year she found these monster Valentine's cards. And there was one particular monster. And each of them were like, they were like these little die cuts and these, you know, creepy little monsters. But they were always like happy, creepy love monsters or whatever. And so there was one that was kind of like a boggart. And that one was was taped on the top of the box, uh, of my box, right next to the slit. And I remember um, going to school that day, and you know, it, I knew it was mine because I had that guy, and I think it said my name on top of it too. But at, at the end of the day, we came home, and you and I were like going through our Valentines, and I just remember seeing that monster on mine and saying, it's the Valentine's monster. And then I think it was like, hey, if you if you close your eyes, then the Valentine's monster is going to come and he's going to put something under your pillow. And I think I had like an extra lollipop or something. <laughs> I just like slid yeah, it you, under your pillow. Do you you don't remember when we made the little dioramas? It had to have been right around that time. I think. I don't remember making one myself, but I remember people doing book reports and they would do the dioramas. But I don't, I don't remember. It had to have been around the same time then, because because maybe we took maybe we took the Valentine's Day monster, that little silly. I know which one you're talking about, and I even remember when mom 
Brontos, but for whatever reason, I associate the the picture of that little Valentine's monster guy with with the diorama for whatever reason. I mean, it's I, possible. No, it's possible that we did that because it sounds like us to say the monster was in the box and that's where he lived or something. Yeah, that's that's great. I mean, at least we were kind of along the same lines of of uh, of of each other just maybe just slightly different but it is funny how there's like two different two different things going on there two memories yeah but that's the valentine's monster for anybody who wants to bring that tradition obviously as we said you could you could check it out in our transylvania traveler book get more information and then you could just make your own thing for your kids and let them know that uh every uh valentine's day uh it's actually the eve um of the day before so it'd be like you know the 13th and then into the 14th it's kind of like christmas eve or something but yeah he shows up and he drops off a neat little gift now it doesn't have to be crazy you know it could just yeah, be just you know, some, some little fun little thing or something some fun some little monstery yeah and the, the thing the thing that we started kind of doing recently was because <clears throat> uh the valentine's monster is a boggart tom i tom i know you put a like you copy off or print out a bunch of pictures of boggarts i don't know if you cut them out or what but then you like oh yeah tape them up all so, over the house yeah so and i and i think i brought this up before in a in a, a previous podcast somewhere um but but yeah so spiderwick chronicles has a boggart in it and that's really kind of what inspired me more about boggarts Creatures Arthur Spiderwick wrote about. Ah! The book! Oh my gosh! I'm sorry, Master, I failed! Failed, failed, failed! Your instructions were simple. Protect the book! And I did it. I hit it. I found it and I wound it. I did my best. Locked it in the chest. But you looked and looked and found the book. And from the chest, the thing was strong! You foolish boy! Idiot! Are you blind? I put a note Ow. right on the cover. Can't you read? Why do I write notes? Sorry, sorry. And no one's gonna read the notes. More honey. No, I'm not falling for that. Oh, that is so good. And they say I've got anger issues. Uh, they also call them like there's little brownies, as they call them too, in the movie, uh, the Spider It Chronicles that came out. And man, I. I love those little characters. They just, they're so neat. Plus they're like shapeshifters and stuff like that. And so what I did was I, I just went online one year and, you know, typed in a Google search of Boggarts, went to the images page and, and found a whole bunch of those dudes. And they, most of them were from the movie uh, or even from the, the, the guide that you could buy on Amazon um, that has stuff about all the creatures of the Spiderwick Chronicles. 
And I just started printing them out. And then I cut out the silhouette, you know, of the bogger. And then I, I placed them all over the house. So they were on upside down on the ceilings, hanging from the ceilings. I had them in every bathroom, like pretty much everywhere you went, there was a boggart that showed up somewhere. So it was kind of fun because the kids would go in and be like, oh my God, you know, what the heck is this? You know, and no matter where they went in this house, there was a boggart somewhere. <laughs> it was just fun. <laughs> just something well, you to know, do for and the, something to get everybody laughing. It also works, you know, for people who hate valentine's day and maybe they don't have a significant other you know some people they they celebrate valentine's day with their pets you know they you know maybe they cuddle up with their pets or something you know they love their pets whatever uh and what does a pet do a pet follows you around crawls into your bed maybe a pet's funny well that's exactly what a household boggart does it follows a family wherever they flee, and it's said that a boggart crawls into people's beds at night and puts a clammy hand on their face. <laughs> so there's some there's other people who hate Valentine's Day just because they don't like the sappiness of it. So I found this really cool thing, which makes a ton of sense, and it's uh, it's basically vampires on Valentine's Day, which of course, if you think about vampires. It's all about love and, you know, love for forever. You know, if you think of Dracula, that's really what that story was about. It's, it's, it's a love story. Um, and so I found this cool haunted house and it's, uh, let's see, it is in, it's a haunted house in Houston, Texas. It's Houston's largest indoor haunted house called 13th Floor Houston. And this year... They're doing something for Valentine's Day called Love Bites. That's B-I-T-E-S. Love Bites. On uh, February 14th and 15th. And it's an interactive storyline event where the house is transformed into a vampire's lair that the people going to visit have to try to escape. So, how many humans are coming to our party? Ugh, well, I passed out all the flyers, but nobody seems to want to come to a party called Love Bites. A party for humans. Did you tell them we would have snacks and beverages? It clearly states that they will be snacks, not that there will be snacks. And who was in charge of creating the flyers? <laughs> And the cool thing is there's also a bar there so, you know, fearful ones can, you know, grab a drink or two to help calm their nerves before stepping into the vampire's lay, but, lair. But um, it sounds really cool and it's, you know, cheaper than a Valentine's Day dinner. The tickets are like 20 bucks. Um, what we'll do is we'll put a link in the show notes so anyone who lives in that area could check it out. But it, it for anyone who wants to know, it's at 7075 farm to market i don't know what that means 19 farm to market 1960 road west weird address but we'll put the link in the uh show notes so you can check it out but it it looks really cool it actually looks pretty good i'm sitting here looking at some of the pictures here and 
I mean, honestly, like, th this is the type of stuff that I think is pretty cool. I mean, granted, don't get me wrong. Like, you could go do something romantic with your, with your, you know, your loved one or significant other or whatever the heck you want to, you want to do there. But, I mean, if you guys are in the monsters, like, let's say both people are in the monsters. Let's say your wife, you know, whatever, uh, is, is in the monsters. Tell me that this wouldn't be freaking fun to go do. Like, I'd be all over this. Just to see oh, it. Oh, totally. Is, I, don't, got I think Lisa would hate it. this big of this girl who's like <laughs> being like picked up by this ginormous hand. There's this guy holding a uh, a chainsaw that's cutting through another dude. <laughs> like, I mean, this thing is this thing is the stuff here. I mean, I think it would be fun. I definitely think. Yeah, it would be I mean, fun. It, and plus, like I said, vampires are romantics. So if you're going to do something like this, like it just totally makes sense to me. Valentine's vampires that totally makes sense. Oh, absolutely. And I, now, the only thing is my wife, Lisa, she would hate to do this because she doesn't like to get scared. So I think the closest thing to this would be. So we live in Southern California and there's a restaurant in the area called the Stinking Rose. They have they have one in San Francisco as well. And it's like everything is garlic. You know, they have like garlic pizza you know gar everything's garlic in it. they even have a dessert garlic ice cream which i don't love but i you should definitely try it and we'll put a link to this as well but they have a they have different themed rooms and one of them is dracula's room because obviously garlic um you know vampires hate garlic but um it's really kind of cool and kind of spooky and so if you're into that kind of thing that would be a great place to go for, for Valentine's Day. And by the way, the Stinking Rose, the Dracula's Room, that's the closest thing to the garlic pit in the Carpathian Mountains. And if you don't know what the garlic pit is, then again, you're going to have to check out our book, Transylvania Traveler, because it talks a lot about, about that restaurant and some of the things that you can get there before you uh, you explore the Carpathian Mountains. Um, but yeah, it just cool stuff i think those are cool things to uh to check out I, if i was in houston i definitely would check out that that dang haunted house but uh the stinking rose also could be a really nice place to go for for dinner you know to switch subjects a little bit here if anybody types in even just valentine's day or monsters valentine's day you will notice that if you look at at the the images if you type that in, dude, there are so many different combinations of monsters. Like, have you actually done the search, Mike? Like, just do a search monsters? for that. No. There, dude, there is tons. There's creatures galore. There's there's people, you know, obviously they're kids that are doing kind of what we did when we were kids where you, you know, you, you go get a pack of, of Valentine's Day. Dude, there is tons that have monsters you know with their mouths open their teeth showing you know the their tongue out and they're yelling really loud and you know they got like some saying on there some cheesy saying like you know you're loved or something <laughs> here's this monster that's supposed to be ferocious but i mean obviously it's not trying to be like that but dude there's just tons and tons of different combinations of little fun monsters that are on here you could refer to them as boggarts or whatever you want, but I think February is kind of the month where you could come up with any monster you want, and and really that's kind of why February is neat 
um, because monsters are neat. So yeah, I, I, I think it's, I think it's cool. Do a search people out there. Dude, there's some pretty cool, there's some pretty cool vintage Valentine's cards. I'm not sure where, cause I've just did a search. I've seen these before and they're, they look like maybe they're from the 70s or 80s or something but they're valentines but they have classic monsters on them so here's one with with mr hyde it says don't hide from me then there's one that has the phantom of the opera it says mad about you there's like a a mutant guy like looks like um uh, mars attacks alien or martian it says, I admire your brains. <laughs> There's a Frankenstein <laughs> one that says, let's be friends. Yeah. A creature from the Black Lagoon, I flipped over you. And he's like swimming around. Um, these are pretty cool. <laughs> I wish I would have found these guys. I wish I would have had those kid. when we were younger. Yeah, I think I know, we had the sure. cheesy ones. And of course, you know, they always have the, the you know, go get the Marvel ones, you know. I don't know. I mean, some people probably think those are really cool, but I mean, definitely for me, if there was anything monster related, I probably would have used that when I was younger. And heck, if I even if I even did anything like that this year or any year from here on out, it'll always have some kind of monster related thing on it for sure. Yeah, if you type in Universal Monsters Valentines, you'll see a bunch of uh, of these things come up. These things are really, really freaking cool. You know, around February, this was this is usually around the time. I don't know. We said this about January too, but I know in February, like you're always kind of itching for monsters or you know creatures and stuff like that. And this was around the time, I think last year, when we found those those books, the um, uh, Rise of the Guardians. We saw the, the we watched yeah. the movie, and then the books. Um, which I started reading the first one. How far are you into the series? So the the rise of the the guardian. Well, that's the the movie, but the guardian series for the books. So there's there's a whole complete package of these things, and uh, the first one is is the Saint Nicholas one. Um, the second one is the Easter Bunny, or they call him uh, Bunnymund. I think is is what it, they they call him in the book. Uh, the third one is the Tooth Fairy. The fourth one is the Sandman. And then last but not least, Jack Frost. And it's kind of the, the story that that took place before. When, when you watch the movie, it's kind of a combination of all of them together that are finally beating... Well, I'm not going to give it away if it's you like haven't seen the movie. It's the pre-story, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's all about them developing the characters of like the Easter Bunny and St. Nick and, and you know, where they get their powers and all that sort of stuff. And right now I'm at the Tooth Fairy. And honestly, I mean, they're fun little books, especially if you have little kids uh, to read those to. Um, hell, if even if you're an adult, um, you know, I, I like them. They're easy to read. I mean, it's not like it's a really complicated book to read, but it's just a fun little read that, that tells you this cool little story about how St. Nick came about how the Easter Bunny came about, you know, and then the Tooth Fairy and Sandman and kind of how they all kind of got together. And those are the guardians of the children and the dreams they have to keep it, you know, um, you know, good rather than bad. And then, of course, you have Pitch Black, who is the 
the kind of the enemy um and then he's going around and as he gets into people's that or into the kids dreams he's destroying the kids dreams and bringing them over to think more dark thoughts rather than than uh than happy thoughts so the whole thing is is all uh, uh, you know all of the guardians getting together and and beating pitch uh pitch black there so uh right now the stories are are sweet um highly recommend the collection if you haven't seen it it's on amazon look it up we'll we'll throw we'll show a uh throw a link to the in the show notes of of that if um if we can we'll we'll throw those in there so you could just click yeah on we could put like the there. author the author website because he has all the books there and then of course check out the movie it's weird because we were finishing our book and we have a whole section in shadow city of our book about uh the different monsters of the holidays and i remember thinking you know monsters don't always have to be you know like just the monsters in horror movies you know you and i talked about this many times and we talked about it at the beginning of our book but all the holidays have these monsters including like saint saint patrick's day leprechauns and santa claus who's a spirit you know and the Valentine's monster and Tom, the Turkey, uncle Sam, the Easter bunny. Uh, so we have all these creatures in our, in our book, in this section, um, called happy holiday hollow. And it was, it was funny. Cause when I saw the movie, I remember thinking, dang, that's exactly like what we were doing with the book because these, these creatures, they're, they're monsters. And, you know, and it, it's pretty cool that someone else sees it as that too. Cause I, that's what I see it when I see the movie. I feel like even the Santa Claus is kind of a little gruffer and, you know, in the movie than, you know, you're oh, typically yeah. used to seeing. They um, actually have yeah, him, it, like he's more, he's more, well, he's Russian, but it's, it's still great. So I mean, well, I the, the Easter bunny's not, like, but. the Easter bunny is, is australian it's like yeah it's all it's different uh i can't remember who, where else the other i think the sandman no not sandman uh pitch is english possibly i don't know but it's supposed to be there all around the world it, there's a really cool underlying idea that i don't want to give away but it's definitely worth checking out and they are cool monsters by many names and take many forms we bring wonder and hope we bring joy and dreams we are the sandman and the tooth fairy we are the easter bunny and santa and our powers are greater than you ever imagined. It is our job to protect the children of the world. For as long as they believe in us, we will guard them with our lives. That dream is over. 
fear to rule the world. We have never faced a greater threat. And so, we will fight. Wings up, ladies, and take no prisoners! But you don't want to race a rabbit, mate. My army's ready. <laughs> Everyone to the slaves! Buckle up! Wear the bloody seatbelts! Ha! That was just expression! Yeah. <laughs> Here we go! Everyone loves the slaves. DreamWorks, Rise of the Guardians. And, you know, it's definitely something like around February that I start wanting to check out those stories, which I started reading that first book. Um, so, yeah, cool, uh, cool little monsters. Now, to go back to Boggarts, um, how much do you know about Boggarts? Now, honestly, uh, the only thing I know about Boggarts is what I learned in in reading the spider It Chronicles uh, and looking and at Harry like, Potter guides and stuff. Well, yeah, and, and Harry Potter, but more so on the spider It Chronicles. So in, in Harry Potter, Boggarts are shapeshifters, and they take the form of the thing most feared by the individual it encounters. So nobody actually really knows what a Boggart look, looks like in its natural state. And in Prisoner of Azkaban, basically this Boggart is in like a cabinet and it shapeshifts into the fear of all the kids. So with that said, there was this other article that I found that is basically saying that Pennywise the Clown from the movie It or the book It that Stephen King wrote is a Boggart. And there's some pretty interesting stuff that it brings up because you don't think of it like that. But I'm gonna well, here. Let's see where. So it says actually. I mean, of, so I I haven't I haven't read the the whole article, but I mean, think about it though. Isn't isn't Pennywise supposed to be what all the kids fear because he's a clown? Yeah, that's so, I know, and that's basically and he shape shifts. He's just shape shifts into a into a clown. And so that's what they're basically saying. Fans of Harry Potter would be forgiven for feeling that there's something hauntingly familiar about Stephen King's It. After all, this is a monstrosity who lives to feed on fear, who dials into its victims' most terrifying phobias and uses them against them to its own ends. It's also a creature whose power is fundamentally tied to perception. In other words... It's only as powerful as you make it in your own heads. I mean, <laughs> it totally no, sounds I, like. I think it's exactly it. Yeah, that's kind of it's kind of crazy. So we'll put we'll put that article on there so you can read the whole thing. But yeah, I thought that was pretty pretty interesting about uh, about that. I think it's I think it's interesting though, you know that that they they had the quote from. J.K. Rowling's own words there. You don't know, you know, what it is, her quote saying, so the Boggart sitting in the darkness within has not yet assumed a form. 
He does not yet know what will frighten the person on the other side of the door. Nobody knows what a boggart looks like when he is alone, but when I let him out, he will immediately become whatever each of us uh, most fears. And it's kind of it's kind of a neat little little thing because there's there's that hidden sort of secretive thing of the boggart. You know, nobody knows what he actually looks like. Is he just taking on the form of the last thing that that he he had to be or or what? And then all of a sudden you open it up and immediately, boom, you know, he's your worst fear. That's uh, a it's kind of a neat little tale, I think, that she did with that. Huh. Intriguing, isn't it? Would anyone like to venture a guess as to what is inside? That's a bogger, that is. Very good, Mr. Tom. Now, can anybody tell me what a bogger looks like? No one knows. When she get here? Boggarts are shapeshifters. They take the shape of whatever a particular person fears the most. That's what makes them so... So terrifying, yes, yes, yes. Luckily, a very simple charm exists to repel a boggart. Let's practice it now. Uh, without wands, please. After me. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Very good. A little louder, very clear. Listen. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. This class is ridiculous. Very good. Well, so much for the easy part. You see, the incantation alone is not enough. What really finishes a boggart is laughter. You need to force it to assume a shape you find truly amusing. Let me explain. Uh, Devil, will you join me, please? Come on, don't be shy. Come on. Come on. Hello? Neville, what frightens you most of all? Sorry? Professor Snape. Professor Snape. <laughs> Frightens all. And I believe you live with your grandmother. Yes, but I don't want that boggart to turn into her either. No. It won't. I want you to picture her clothes, only her clothes, very clearly in your mind. She carries a red handbag. You don't need to hear. As long as you see it, we'll see it. Now, when I open that wardrobe, here's what I want you to do. Excuse me. Can you do that? Yes. Wand at the ready. One, two, three. Think, Neville, think. Ridiculous! <laughs> So what other monsters um, are there in February? We talked a little bit about groundhogs. Well, we just mentioned it in the title. But ground the groundhog, it's, it, it's a soothsaying groundhog. It predicts the future, um, which, you know, is basically a monster. It's not just a regular groundhog. And then you also have soup day rats so uh, there's a little something you know tom and i uh celebrate soup day because there is a national soup day which is <laughs> february 4th do we celebrate every day and then add some monster <laughs> like, whatever to it <laughs> so yeah soup day is on february 4th and so 
if if you ever saw the movie Tale of Despero, it's an animated film that came out in 2008. In the very beginning, there's this big like soup festival going on, and this chef is making this this soup, and everyone's all excited about it. There's people walking through town with banners that say "Long Live Soup." So Tom and I both hang up banners in our in our homes that say "Long Live Soup." Yeah, we're we're that nuts. <laughs> well, yeah, and then you have to have, of course, you know, your your soup and grilled cheese, you know, whether it be tomato soup, at least for here where I live, it's super cold and it's snowing and whatnot. So it's always neat to come home, cozy up, you know, grab yourself a, uh, you know, a bowl of tomato soup with some grilled cheese. Everybody loves that. Nobody, nobody can say that they don't love that. If they don't, well, you know, I mean, I, I get it. Everybody has their tastes and whatnot, but, you know... I personally like soup. soup day. Yeah. Yeah, I love I soup day. We'll have soup, but you got to watch out for soup day rats because soup day rats are always trying to get your soup. So uh, they're 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 around somewhere. Uh, and this year, I I have to say that I was able to finish my soup, and there were no soup day rats that uh, that got in there. But are they trying to get your soup, or are they trying to make your soup? Both. I mean, look at <laughs> look at look at uh, 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 the Pixar movie Ratatouille. Oh, Ratatouille! I mean, yeah, that dude, that dude went out, and all he wanted to do was make the soup. He wanted to make it taste better. Those- those two so movies, he, I think they came out around the same time. So 2008 was Tale of Despero. Let me see. Ratatouille came out. Ratatouille. 2007. Huh. Huh. I mean, That's they're interesting. totally, obviously, they're different stories, but they are, you know, rats and soup, you know, rat and soup movies. What else? Yeah. Um, I there's something that I remember around this time when we were kids, and I'm pretty sure that you remember this, Tom. And that is there used to be trading cards you could get in the store called Fright Flicks. Do yep. you remember these? Well, yeah, I do remember them because I I still have them, which is crazy that I do. And we've brought this up before in the past. I think when we were talking about the um. Uh, what was it? The uh, Mars Attacks cards when you brought those up. Oh and yeah, I, I know we just touched on Fright Flicks, but we're gonna I'm gonna bring them up again because Fright Flicks are awesome, and they don't make them anymore. But I guarantee you can go on eBay or something and find somebody with a collection. Yeah, of they had Flicks. some. They had some on eBay. It looked like they're pretty cool. So there's just like still frames from horror movies of the time. So like you know Freddy Krueger, Pumpkinhead, and then they would have like a funny piece of dialogue let me see if i could pull some up here um, yeah and, and and not only that it was it was all combinations of of those you know 70s 80s 90s movies and they were in color and it was just a scene from the movie and like like mike said just with a cheesy saying um yeah so here's one here from one of the nightmare on elm streets i think it was um the third one and it has Freddy Krueger pulls that lady. He's like a TV, and his head is where the antenna would be. The antennas are coming out of his his head, and he's pulling the the girl into the into the TV. And it says, "TV can be hazardous to your health." Yeah. <laughs> and then on the back, there was always like a little 
a little thing. This one's from. Oh, yeah, they Poulter, talked about you know. the movie. They would yeah, talk they about, about you know the when movie, the movie yeah. was made, what movie it was from, you know the actors, uh, you know the year, and they would go into like this you know big description about about the movie, and you know they had like the the werewolf of London, um, they had uh, all the Friday the Thirteenth, they had all the the uh, Nightmare on Elm Streets. I think they even had like Ghostbusters in there. They had yeah, uh, there were the, some Ghostbusters ones. Yeah, they they had a ton of them, and we didn't have all of them. I'm sure there's people probably with I remember, more than what we had. I remember dumping a lot of cash, but you, you still have them. Yeah, no, I got them in, in that, that binder, same, uh, that same binder with the the Dang. sticker on the front. Yeah, huh? I still have them all. Yeah, I think each pack came with a stick of gum, of course, because it was made by Tops, and then a sticker card. Yeah. Hmm. I think but so. yeah, I remember getting those around February. It was like, you know, we're ready for monsters again already in February. You know, there wasn't, you know, Valentine's <laughs> as kids was never that big of a holiday. So it was like, well, you know, well, that's why we monsters. built our own, <laughs> our own excitement. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I gotta, I gotta bring one more, uh, one more thing up here, uh, before we go into the next subject and that. That is, so last month, uh, a, a game came out in VR, and anybody who has a VR headset, I, I bet you've already heard of this game because it's making some big, big uh, claim right now, but it's uh, it was released on January 23rd, 2020, and it's called The Walking Dead Saints and Sinners. Well, I'll be damned. The tourist. In the flesh, here's a friendly warning. One lone soul to another. The dead ain't the only thing to be fearing in the Big Easy. Now, there is a war brewing. The tower on one side, looming on the horizon. High and mighty, those reclaimed renegades are on the other, making everyone's skin crawl with their horror show tactics. And the powder keg that's gonna make the whole city blow? The reserve. Disaster relief supplies. And when the flood to end all floods hit in an old military bunker. Give it a ponder, tourist. You just might be what this sinking city needs to keep his head above water. But then again, maybe you're the type to pull the whole godforsaken place under. tell you right now that this game is unbelievable i i am enjoying the living heck out of it it's by the developer sky dance um and and i believe is it skybound i think it's skybound that actually makes the games let me look that up real quick but it this game for whatever reason um 
is just I think it's the gore in it and I think it's the interaction with the the zombies. So this is more based off of Robert Kirkman's comic books rather than the TV series. They're going to be coming out with another one. Um, I think it's called The Walking Dead uh, Outbreak or something along those lines. And it's made by Servio Studios, uh, another VR group of people that create some really great games like Raw Data. But this one in particular, uh, this this is just amazing. It, even at the very beginning, you're kind of like in this swamp and you're you you're floating around in a boat and it's basically an apocalypse of course and um you know everything's kind of everybody's dying and changing into zombies and as you're floating through these zombies are coming up out of the the water and they're like pulling the boat down to sink it and then right when they're about to get you it goes black and then you end up on the the shore and and then that's where kind of the story takes off and you start walking around and you're in this cemetery and as you're walking through the cemetery, you know, there's zombies all around. But what makes this game so authentic, VR itself always makes everything authentic, but what makes it even crazier is the physics in this game. So you literally could put your, your left hand out and you could push the zombies and you could push them away from you and then... Uh, or you could grab the head of the zombie and in your other hand if you have a, a knife you jam it into the head of the of the zombie to kill it and then the blade gets stuck so if you take your arm away with the hand control and you put it down to your side it's it's gonna pull the whole zombie with you until you take your left hand and put it on the top of the head and do like you're forcing the knife out of the head and there's just all this gore, there's blood all over the place. It it is unbelievably <laughs> interactive. Um and then it just gets in you you do all these side quests and it's not about you know um it's not about, you know, just completing quests. I mean, it is to some extent, but what I really like about the game is it's more about you go out and you scavenge, kind of like it was in the comic book or even in the in the TV series. I mean, what are they doing? They're surviving. So it's a survival game that you go out, you you go into, you know, this old house and you're looking for supplies to keep yourself alive uh, and to be able to survive, you know, the zombie attacks. And then what's cool about it is that you have this watch that you're basically looking at and it's tied to this bell that tells you when it's getting dark. And then when it gets dark, you cannot be out in in the in the regular world like you got to get back to your campsite because if you're out there there's just tons of zombies that come out and, and you're going to die um, unless you could get to this little boat and get out of there and go back to this little rest stop that you made your camp totally an amazing game it's it's uh it's 40 bucks you could get it either on the oculus store if you have an oculus rift or or um or or you could get it on steam which that's where i got um, it's supposed to be coming out for the quest. I kind of wish I got it on the, on the rift, um, because it, it will be cross by for anybody who's interested in getting it on the quest. If you do have a rift and a quest, uh, which I'm kind of graced to have both, um, it's cross by, so you could put it on either headset. Uh, but it, it, it is amazing game right now. It's, it's almost got five stars. It just made PC gamer magazine. They did a review on it. It got an 8.8 .8 out of 10, which is pretty substantial for, 
games that are on there. They don't just rate things, you know, give everything a 10 out of 10 on there. So uh, definitely making a lot of a lot of noise and definitely a recommended game for me if you have VR headset. Uh, it's just unbelievable. These these games that they're coming out with right now are amazing, and uh, and this is this is something you should check out. Right? Yeah, that sounds cool. I'll have to check that out when I when I come up. Oh yeah, for sounds sure. I'm gonna put you in this. Of course, you're gonna go nuts when you see it. So speaking of things that uh, we're checking out right now, so I watched this movie. I've seen it before uh, when it came out in the theater called uh, Slither from 2006 and uh, I watched it again today and I enjoyed it in the theater but no one really talked about the movie at all um, and it's done by by James Gunn he wrote and directed he's the guy who did the the Guardians of the Galaxy movies um, but this was before then so he was like kind of doing trauma stuff at the time and uh, dude it's a really really cool movie it's kind of Starts out kind of like a blob movie, uh, very similar stuff, even with the dang stick, but and kind of an old man, not a really old man, but um, kind of the same thing happens, but the, it kind of turns into a zombie movie, and then there's you know these like slugs that are going around after people. It's it's one of those like comedy horror movies, and it's it's really really cool, and it has a little love story, so. You know, if you're looking for something tonight to to watch uh, for Valentine's Day, I would definitely give Slither a try. There, there is a little romance going on in the movie. Um, Elizabeth Banks is in it, and uh, it's it's a really cool movie. A lot of fun. I enjoyed it even more watching it the second time. Um, and who knows? I've never maybe seen it. Turn in. I've it's, never it's, seen yeah, it's this really at all. cool. Yeah, it's got a cool poster too. Um, and then Shout Factory released a, a Blu-ray, so it's packed with commentaries and special features if you're into that kind of thing. But, uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed it a lot. When you marry someone, you promise to love them forever. Baby. No matter how much, <laughs> they might change. Baby, what happened to your face? It's just a beef steak. From Universal Pictures. Great is sick or something. Comes a film so shocking. Uh, we got a real problem here. So disgusting. Don't let him in your mouth! It will change the face ah! of horror. Marriage is a sacred bond, for better or worse. Much worse. <laughs> Chick is hardcore. Something's wrong with me. Slither. Yeah, that's about all that I had for uh, for uh, for this episode. Did you have anything else that you wanted to talk about, or any? No, I think uh, you know just just everybody keep in mind, you know that that February for me, like we were saying earlier, is about monsters. Uh, 
I definitely check out our book Transylvania Traveler if you want to get more into the monsters. I mean, we we name so many things off, not just in Shadow City. Uh, Shadow City is more dedicated to you know the holiday type monsters, but throughout the entire book, we just lace into every kind of monster that you could possibly think of, and it, there's so much description that we throw in there that I definitely, you, you just need to get the book and read it, and read it from, from cover to cover if you can. I mean, you could read it however you want, but if you read it from cover to cover, I don't even know if we've ever said this on, on our podcast, but there's two ways that you could read this book. You could either start from the beginning and read it straight through, and you're going to get a story out of it, or you could pick it up and you could read maybe each section, um, or or just maybe grab a section here and there. I guess that's three ways, but um, I think what's crazy is is if people pick it up and read it for the journey, for the fact that you're you're kind of going uh, through each of our districts, exploring it, surviving each district, uh, and then getting something from each district, and then the end story. Uh, I think that that is what makes this book so neat. And obviously, as as we're celebrating all of these monsters in February on this podcast, it, it brings me back to when we were editing the book and, and going through. We kept rereading this book over and over and over, you know, for punctuation and all the different changes. But it was so fun, even when we were going back. I already knew what was going to happen. But still, there was we have so much detail in there that... We kept, I challenge we all kept of you bringing, to do it. We kept we kept bringing up more monsters, like oh, we got to get this monster in there, and so we'd figure out where. And, and in case we didn't describe what this book is, it is a travel guide. It's called Transylvania Traveler, a travel guide for monsters, ghosts, vampires, aliens, werewolves, witches, zombies, demons, and mad scientists too. And it's basically it's a bunch of short stories, you know, like articles about each of these districts what you can eat where you can go for fun where you can go you know like hidden hidden charms uh, or harms as it goes in our book Um, and so you you could if you wanted to just read about vampires you could go to the Carpathian Mountains and you could check out you know what's hot and what's rot in uh, the Carpathian Mountains you could see you know what you want to eat there where you can go um, or like Tom's saying, you if you read the thing from beginning to end, there is kind of a journey that you take. And, and as you survive each district, you gather some loot, which sometimes you need to survive the next district. Or a couple districts away, you may have taken something with you um, that will help you survive You know, a, a district to come. Uh, and as you get closer to the end, you uh, you start finding um, that you are on quite the journey. Um, and of course, through through this whole thing, what you're ultimately trying to do is find the meaning of Halloween and where Halloween comes from. And you will discover that at the end. So um, it was definitely a fun book to to work on. Even though we reread the thing so many times, I always remember being surprised again, like, oh, I forgot about that part. And, you know, getting excited about the monsters. And of course, like throughout the the book, we're 
referencing books and movies and things that we love. So I think anyone who loves monster culture and, you know, monster movies and things like that, you're you're going to enjoy enjoy the book because of that. But yeah, this is a good time to start um, you know, to check out the book and uh, you know, get into monsters and you know, and start working your way up to Halloween in the, the coming months. So yeah, yeah, check yeah. that thing out, jackalanternpress.com, and uh, yeah, hopefully you guys enjoy it as much as we enjoyed putting it together. All right, well, we hope uh, you all have a happy Valentine's Day. To close, uh, we're going to go to a cassette tape Tom and I had as kids called A Night in a Haunted House, A Night in the Graveyard, or A Night in a, in a Graveyard from Haunted Sounds Music Company in 1992. So for all you vampires out there, this track here is fittingly called Vampire Mausoleum. So have a romantic evening, and we will see you next time in the Pumpkin Patch. It can't be helped. I did try to avoid it, but we'll have to shelter in the old mausoleum. Rumor has it that vampires used to dwell there, but it was only a rumor. Someone did try to find out for sure, but he was never seen again. Shall we go in? for your life.